0: Can I go? Oh, okay. Great. Brilliant. So, um, we are in the book of Jonah, Jonah week two. And uh, I am going to be sharing, out, uh, sharing with us from verse one to verse 16, quite a long read. Um, so, let me give us a quick summary of the book of Jonah. So, the book of Jonah, when you read it, you find out that it is a book of a Christ follower, a man... Running away from God. That's one big thing that you find there. This is a person who has been walking with God, a prophet, is running away from God. And there is another group of people uh, in this amazing great city, the people don't know God, called Nineveh, and God is wanting to rescue them. God is pouring his love on them and he wants to rescue them. And this guy who is running away from God, he doesn't want to see God doing that because he's so jealous. He doesn't want God to rescue other people. He just wants him and God to be just with his people. And we are going to discover what are some of the reasons why he doesn't want God to rescue those other people. Then there is also another part to this we see as he got into a boat he's trying to run away from God. What I love, what we're going to, di- to discover is that he's running away not just from God's call he's running away from God's presence. That's what we are told. As he got into a boat then he put also other people in trouble who are just innocent people. But he puts them in trouble because he's running away from God's call. So today... As I was preparing, my prayer for Christ followers is that we have, I pray that you should not get to the point where you start to consider running away from God's presence, no matter what. And it's my prayers were well for those who have run far away from God that you'd consider and listen to God's call to come back home. Not to come back to Common Ground Church, but to come back to God's presence. Because when we are going to read, we are not told that he was running away from his people, he was running away from God's presence. So this is not about Common Ground Church, this is about God. So it is my prayer for Christ followers that you would really, those of you who have ran away from God, that you would come back. It is also my prayer that today as I share God's word with you, that those, who, those of you who are going through some difficulties, you are Christ followers and you are asking a lot of questions, that you will be able to discern clearly whether what you are going through is God's will or maybe God's loving discipline in your life for your good and for his glory. It is also my prayer that to those of you who are looking in are not yet cross followers that as i open as i share god's words with you that you'd open your heart to the core of god in your life to accept jesus as your lord and savior those are my prayers so because of time and because you know that more often I live on the other side of African time, that side, so we have to go quicker without me wasting any of her time. Please, I invite you to go uh, to, to, to open your Bibles to Jonah chapter 1, and uh, we are going to be reading uh, a few verses. Colin did an incredible job last week. I encourage you to go listen to his talk. That was uh, week one. I've got down here my first point is a runaway Christ follower. And we read verse 1 from Jonah chapter 1 Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amatai saying Arise go to Nineveh that great city and call against it for their evil has come up before me but John arose to flee to Tashish, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tashish. So he paid the fare and went down into it, to go with them to Tashish, away from the presence of the Lord. This is God's word. Now, this is interesting. This is the guy who is done. He's a prophet of God. He's got integrity, he's got a reputation of saying yes, yes, yes to God. But the question that, the one thing that we discover here is saying no to God. Why saying no to this call? Why is Jonah saying, I am not going to follow what you are saying, God? The one thing we have to understand here is that This is not a small call that Jonah received. This is a call for Jonah to go deal with the enemies, to go face his enemies and the enemies of his people face to face. God is calling him to go and share the good news with the people who have been causing them trouble. The people who have been doing so much evil things to them so in jonah's view in his heart these people they don't deserve god's grace they deserve god's judgment and punishment why would god call me to go to them so jonah has got a reason he's saying i am not going there i would rather purchase a ticket to go on holiday It is like God is asking you to go and speak to your difficult neighbour who every time that you want to have a bride, they always call the police to say that there is too much noise. We don't want these cars parked in front of a yard. We don't every time but God is saying, I want you to go to that neighbour, I want you to go and spend time with him or them or us. There is a problem also here that I discovered as I was preparing that this is one of the biggest core because this is where you discover God is calling a prophet, his prophet, to go speak to the people outside of his own people. Usually when you read the prophets, God said, go talk to my people. That is very easy to go to the people that they are used to hear your voice. They are used. They understand the voice of God. They understand the ways of God. They understand how God speaks. But now God is calling this guy to go to the people outside of his own people. They are not worshiping the same God. So this is not a small call. Now sometimes when we read... Stories like this, we want to look at someone like Jonah and we tell the story that this is a code. How would this guy ran away from God's presence, etc. But for me, we have to look into the story and ask ourselves the question where do I fit into the story? In this story. But when we look also into the call that God has called Jonah to go do, it feels like God is pouring the judgment on these people because he's telling Jonah to say, call out against that city and its evil. It's a call out against that city and its evil. Because their evil has come before me. So God saw their evil has come before me. But if you read Exodus, when God called Moses, you see that there is the similar kind of you know, language where God is, he said, I've heard their cry, their cries come before me, therefore I have come down to rescue them. So God is doing the same mission, but with two different groups of people because God is a kind God. He's a loving God. He loves his sons and daughters. He also loves those who are far away from him. So here Jonah understands that, okay, that city, those people are evil. They are not like us. By the way, I hate them. But the reason he's running is because he understands God's heart. He knows that God is a forgiving God. He's a loving God. And if he he chose, if he said yes to go to those people, God will have mercy on them. Therefore, God will forgive them. As a result, he said, I'm not going I would rather purchase a ticket to go to Europe than to go to Malawi. I would rather purchase a ticket to go to Europe than to go to Iran. I would rather go where it seems peaceful, calm, easy, comfortable, than to go where you are asking me to go. By the way, I don't like the place. I don't like the people. And I don't like what you are telling me to do. When we read Exodus 6, 7, it shows here that God has got a total different heart to that we discover from Jonah. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious Lord to anger, abiding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but who will be but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the, children's of, and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So here we, again, just affirming that Jonah knows that the, the uniqueness of this court to go and cause out against it that great city, God giving the people of that Nineveh an opportunity this is what is God God is doing here is giving them an opportunity to turn away from their evil ways as a result Jonah is resisting God's call to go proclaim the good news to these people knowing that God's gospel is mercy his patience his kindness is kindness are being offered to these people who are outsiders he doesn't sit well with him. Now, one, one thing we have to understand with God is that when he called Abram and his people, what God wanted to see happen with Abram and his people is that they would experience his love and kindness the same way that they had experienced it, then they can do and spread it to all other nations so that they can become as the pillar or the foundation of God's love and kindness to many, many other nations. And that's how God gets to work, and that's how God's continue to work even today in and through his church. So, the few verses that we've just read, we see that Jonah wants the enemies of God's people to experience the judgment of God, not his mercy. He wants them to be punished. I believe in Jonah's mind is thinking this kind of a call is going to cost me my credibility, my reputation, and the desires of his heart. Because we all have our own desires and in most cases we want our desires to go above God's desires. We are so concerned at times about our reputation. We are so concerned at times about our credibility. But we, therefore, then get to the point where we don't say yes to God's call because of that. And that is exactly what is happening with Jonah here. He's concerned about his own desires. He's concerned about his reputation. He's concerned about his credibility. How are the people who know me going to say, what are they going to say if they see me going to those people? What are they going to say if they see me associating, sharing the good news with those people? They are not like us. So far, what we learn is that there is a clash of hearts, God's heart and Jonah's hearts. They are going in different directions. And Jonah knows that there is no way he can change the heart of God. There is no way that he can get God to agree with him. Even if he had to fast for 20 days, there is no way that God will change his heart against the people. Because it's clear Jonah doesn't like or doesn't want to go to those people. But will that change God's heart? I don't think so. And As we read, you are going to discover that God's ease, grace, and mercy is for those people. Therefore, it's not going to change. And Jonah is left only with two options. Because God is not going to change, therefore, one, I can choose to follow God's way, or secondly, I can run away. And Jonah chose the second option. He chose to run away from God. Friends, even in our own lives even with me and here we have to understand that sometimes it is not a physical run away from God sometimes it is a mental run away from God it is from our hearts that we can run away from God so we don't have to listen to this story and read it to think like running away from God can only mean changing city from Cape Town to Johannesburg no It could mean as well that people who are seeking a spiritual community that would cater specifically for them. God wants you to be where he has placed you, but yet you are looking to other experiences because you are feeling like you are not getting what you are looking for. But God is saying, I want you to be where you are. Because that's where I'm going to use you. So Jonah here, he knows for sure, and he chose to run away, verse 3. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And if you are a Christ follower, this this means running away from God. It is running away from God. And what makes it difficult here, we have to remember, Jonah is a faithful prophet. He knows God. He knows the love of God. He understands God's mercy. He's got it all together. But he he has become a rebel. He's gone, he's going against God's will, he's going against God's voice, he's going against God's plan, not only for the people of Nineveh, but for his own life. Why is this point important? It is important because it is possible for faithful Christ followers to choose rebellion over obedience. We can do that. Not only in big things, we can do it even in smaller things. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Sacrifice can be done easily, but obedience is something else because it means you have to let go of some of your desires in order to accept God's will. That's what makes obedience very difficult. Sacrifice is easy. Oh, get here at 8 o'clock. I'll be there at 8 o'clock. But let go of that. No, I am not going to let go of that because that's what I love the most. Amen. Amen. God is wanting to change Jonah's heart. Even if he's running away from his presence, his presence is not going to leave Jonah alone. God is pursuing Jonah. God will pursue you. God will pursue me. There is no way that even if we run away from his presence he will pursue us, especially if he has work to do with you. Jonah is a cross follower. The people of Nineveh are those who are far from God. And God is moving towards them with a message of grace and repentance. He wants to call them, he wants to include them to be part of his family. And I have to say this: today we are dealing with a lot of rebellious Christian or Christ followers. In many ways, and some of you in the room, maybe. For years, you've already disconnected yourself. You've run from the presence of God internally. But physically, you have remained. And maybe God this morning he wants you to come back to him. And some of you, maybe you are here this morning, you thought that God, God was done with you. But I want you to know that God is not done with you. So you might think that you are done with God, but God is not done with you. Still looking at you and say, my son, my daughter, you might have moved from God, but he has not moved from you. God is still interested in your life. God is still God's plans for your life. And God is still want to do work in and through you. And Jonah experiences this through God's loving discipline as a way of God showing that I am still interested in you, Jonah. I am not going to let you disappear. I'm not going to let the evil that is happening uh, at your heart level, I'm not going to allow that to destroy you. I'm not going to allow that to destroy your future. I'm not going to allow that to destroy what I have to do with you, Jonah. Therefore, I am going to correct you. God's loving discipline. Verse 4, But the Lord her. Ha- Yield a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried, cried out to his God, and they heard the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. God moves in, in Jonah's life, and displays his sovereign power by appointing a great wind and tempest upon the sea. One so severe that the ship might break up. That's what we are told. So God, Jonah is there, is asleep, and God sent a very big wind, so that the ship that Jonah was on and the guys who were there with Jonah would actually look at that and said, what is going on? Here it is a sign of God, we showing that he's got a heart for people in Nineveh. But at the same time, God has got a heart for Jonah because he is his son. God loves For Jonah is not based on Jonah's obedience to what God has told him. That's why we can learn here that God is pursuing him not because he has said yes. God is pursuing him even when he had said no. And God is trying to discipline Jonah so that he can get him back to himself. Here we learn that in love, God moves in to start rewriting the story that Jonah is trying to write for himself. It is exactly what God can do with you that God can do with me when we are trying to write our own stories. God can break in in his loving discipline to rewrite our story for us and for his glory. And God's discipline is our, in, in our lives is an evidence of his love for us. And if you are sitting here, you've never experienced God's loving discipline, I want you to know as a child of God, there will come a moment where you will experience it. And it is an evidence to show that we are really, truly Sons and daughters of God, when God can step in instead of watching us to go into a different direction, but He can bring in a loving discipline so that He can get us back. Hebrews 12, 7 to 11, it says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are here or you were raised, your father did not discipline you. I think there are a lot of stuff that you are going through today. It's as a result of that. If you are left without discipline, which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons of God. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplines us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and leave? For they disciplines us for a short time as it seems best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than Pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Here's the reason why God can discipline his children. It disciplines us because God loves us and because he wants to see the greater fruits come out of our lives. Discipline is not a negative thing. It is the evidence that you are a loved child of God. And when disciplined by God, it is God bringing about the peace and the joy of righteousness, the peace and the joy of living in his ways. That's the reason why God gets to discipline us. Proverbs 13, 24, it says this, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Sabrina does that. So here's the thing, if you spare the rod to your children, then you are actually not loving them in the way that you know, you should be loving them. Not in a bad way, by the way. This is the Bible, it's not me. This is scripture. So I have to say this to Christ followers. If you are living in active sin and rebellion against what you know to be true, you have to know this. If you love the things God hates and hate the things God loves and your life is without an ever-increasing storm, if you sleep fine at night and nothing bothers you because of those things, the things that God hates, or you never feel like you need God's correction or God's discipline, I would say you need to question if you have actually encountered Jesus. Because someone who has encountered Christ, when they love what God doesn't love, they cannot sleep a peaceful sleep. They cannot walk without needing and questioning and asking God, where are you? Why do you have to let me go through this? Why am I going back to the same things? Because those are the people who have encountered the living God. And one of the first steps in coming back to God is a waking up, to the rebellion, waking up to the reality that some of the storms in your life might be the loving pursuit of God calling you back to him. It's looking at the things that are happening in your life and said, could this be God wanting me back? Is this not maybe God at work in my life? And today might be a gentle call to some of you to wake up and go back. To wake up and say, God, I'm here. I'm coming back home. In verse 6, so the captain came and said to Eve, what do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. This is not a surprise for Jonah because Jonah knows that whatever is happening there, it is God at work. It's not a surprise to him. Jonah is on the boat. Now it's far harder for him to change anything. Because it's already, he's already there. And the storm is getting bigger and bigger. He's already said no to God. He's already purchased the ticket. He's already on his way. He's running away from God's presence. And things are not not getting better where he is. And the pain of running away from God is affecting those around him. I want you to know that the pain of our running from God will affect those around us. If you are a spouse and you are a cross follower and you are running away from God, it will affect your partner. If you are a parent, you are a father, you are running away from God, it will affect your children. If you are a good friend to other people Who are looking up to you And you start to run away from God It will affect everything that you put your hands on Those who are around you will be affected They will feel it There is no way that we can hide it If we are Christ followers Because this is what is happening with Jonah here There is no way This captain went to Jonah and asked him a question Why are you sleeping? Can't you wake up and start to call upon your God? They said to one another, in verse 7, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fall on Jonah. Now, this we have to understand, this was not their first trip. They've been encountering these kinds of storms, But they just realized this particular one is a totally different one. You know, suffering in life is normal. You know, because God did not promise that our lives are going to be better here. But there are other kinds of difficulties and storms in our lives. We have to look at them differently and ask the question, God, is this you or not? That's what these guys are doing on the boat. To the point that they say we have to cast, to cast a lot to understand who is bringing this. Because it, this is not the first time. This is too much. I can see that Jonah's rebellion is hunting others. It, 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 it is actually causing, is, is pursuing other people, and you know, attacking other people who are with him. And people hate because of that. I want you to think about the cargoes that they throw into the sea, so that the boat maybe can have, you know, can, cannot sink. The precious goods that they had to choose, they say, let's throw these cargoes in the sea. Maybe this storm is going to stop. Maybe what is happening here is going to stop. That is in a form of money. That's in a form of every effort that maybe you are trying to put into someone who is going through a difficult and you want to try and get them back. Maybe you say, if we can send this person into this course, this person is going to be right, then the rest of us, we are going to rest. But it's not happening. This is what is happening here. They throw the cargo into the sea, but nothing is changing. The situation continues to happen. Friends, we cannot fix anything when God is intervening in someone's life. That person has to get to the point of realizing that it is God who is at work and only God can change the situation. We can pour money into the situation, but if it is God at work and we cannot discern that this is God at work, that money is not going to do the work. The sellers have been in storms, but this is like no other. And they are saying there is a reason why this evil has come. They call it evil. And I have to mention that running away from God, if you are a genuine Christ follower you are not going to lose your faith but there are consequences there are pain trouble that you are going to be experiencing which all the people around you will feel it will be evidence to people and God's discipline is simply a rewriting of our story so that we can align we can align it to the life of his story the third point, God's identity forming discipline. And I think when we are going through some tough time or difficulties, it is a time God's want to remind us of our identity and who he is. That's what we see God was doing with Jonah here. Then they said to him, and verse they tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. Tell us, you, you know, tell us, because the lot fall on you. So now you have to explain to us in whose account tell us in whose on whose account this evil has come upon us what is your occupation are you a pastor are you a deacon are you a cross follower do you worship a living God are you a truly follower of Jesus in other way and where do you come from we want to know where are you coming from what is your country and of what people are you all these questions are bombarded to Jonah. And I can just imagine the picture. This guy is so scared. He's looking at these people and they're asking him all these questions, but he knows what is happening. Friends, there is no way that Christ followers can go through pain and suffering without knowing the root cause. Sometimes we don't, but usually in most cases, there are things that happen. It's as a result of our decisions that we make when we don't consult God, when we don't seek God. you will observe that when he first told them that I was fleeing from my God, they did not have a lot of concern, but when they, loved, they cast a lot and it fell on him, now they've got even more concern. They start to ask all these questions. Tell us what is happening. And what is his response? We discover that, first of all, he hides his identity to them. And Michael Eaton said that you can't Unbore an egg. That's how he explained that. He said, If you have already cooked an egg, there is no way, if you're a cross follower, there is no way that you can unbow that egg. You are a cross follower, period. There is no way that that egg can become again no more the way it was before. But Jonah was trying to hide his identity, but these guys are caught him. They caught him. They said, You are trying to hide your identity here. You have to tell us who you are, where you are coming from, and why are you running actually. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. In other words, I'm a cross follower, a son or a daughter to us. We can say that, you know, a son or a daughter of God. And uh, he said, I'm an Hebrew, and um, I fear the Lord. Mm. I fear the Lord. I am a worshiper of God in in other ways. The God of heaven who made the sea, and the dry land. He said, You see this water here? The one who made it, and the one who made the dry land is the one I fear, and I'm an Hebrew, which means that I worship that God is the most powerful God. If all these things are happening, it is because of that God. Here, at least we can have an idea: the difference between pretending Christian and Christ followers. Pretending Christian can attend services and meeting and can worship can do all other things but they don't obey god but here jonah is reviewing his identity by saying this is who i am i'm an hebrew i worship this god he is great He is the one the creator of all these things is not just an hebrew he's not just a Christ follower Is not just following god he's the person who believe so deeply that there is no other god in his life besides this god but pretending Christ followers are the people who have other gods on top of the creator on top of the living god which means that we've got all these other little things where that's where we get our hope from either sometimes we get our hope from money we get our hope from how much we have in our accounts we We get our help from different gods, and there are times when we actually pocket God in different places. You know, we pocket God in this area of our lives. Yes, you are my God here, but you are not my God on this side. Therefore, I cannot be generous. You are my God here, but you are not the God of my sexuality. You are my God here, but you are not. So we can pocket God, but here we see that this is actually a genuine Christ follower. Jonah was a true believer of God. He was just disobeying God. God he was running away from his presence but we can tell that is the person who worship the living God Then these guys we are told because of time in verse 10 we are not going to read it so on the screen I encourage you to go read it he said that the men were so scared they were afraid and they said to Jonah what is this that you have done What is this that you have done? You are running from the presence of God. How can you run from this God? And this identity that you have. These are the people who are far away from God. Remember from start, they said, let's call upon our gods. They did call, but now that they come closer to Jonah, they say, but you are running from this God. It's Jonah, because of his running from God and the situation he put others in, it actually got them too closer to God. The pagans get closer to God. They can see the hands of God in the life of Jonah and whatever is in trouble against them, they look, they say, this God is different to our God. And the final one is God-saving discipline. In verse 11, we are told, they asked Jonah a question, what shall we do that the sea may quiet down for us? You can read the verse afterwards from 11 to 12. And he said, you know, the only way that you can stop this, you have to take me and throw me into the sea. If you do that, this thing will stop. Now, I do ask myself a question. How did Jonah know that if he throwing him down, is going to calm the whole situation. But also we have to ask a question. Is it the way of escaping God's punishment or is he feeling sorry for those people because he realized that they're just innocent, maybe he has to go down? Why is it that Jonah did not stay on a boat and said, okay, listen, I am going to repent here. I am admitting I'm a problem. Let me repent, the problem will finish. But Jonah is saying, throw me into the sea. Can we consider that Jonah is saying, you know what, if he's to die, I will die, but I'm not going to accept that I should reach to Nineveh so that I can preach the good news to those people. I just want to show God that, you know, I am going down with this. If it's to die, I'll die with it. Can we see it in that way? Have you ever got to that point and said, God, I'm done with you? I'm done. I'm not going to those people. I'm not doing what you want me to do. If he's to die with it, I'll die with it. We, we, can, we can interpret it in that way, that he was trying to get his heart to get even more and more harder before God and say, you know, I'm not going to, to say, okay, let's pray. Let me repent. Then he said, throw me out of this place. Or is it that he was really feeling like softening his heart to say, God, you know what? These are just innocent people. I'm feeling sorry for them. Just, you know, do with me whatever you want, you know. But here, the one I can go with, it shows that Jonah, his heart was actually getting softer because he realized that he has a destination to go to, but he gave up. He would have said and lied to these people and said, you know what, let's just try to push down. It's going to change. The situation will change. But he gave up. He said, there is no way we can continue. This can actually cause other people to die. How do we, when we know for sure that we are going through some difficulties in our lives, that could be God's loving discipline, but yet we can see that a lot of people in the process of being hurt but we still keep we keep quiet and we continue to keep quiet we continue when families are being destroyed when your children are being destroyed when communities are going, separating themselves because of one person who is holding up to say I will not speak I will not review but you know that you are the center of all that is happening We read in verse 13 in, in, in landing. We've already gone uh, for, I'm going to be rebuked for this. It's 45 minutes already, and we are going to land. This is the problem. When you don't get me to preach two weeks in a row or three weeks, then I bring all my baggage with me, and I want to... Friends, I struggle with this personally. I struggle with this sense of surrender I think as human we struggle with that where God is pressing on you and you know for sure this is God but we struggle to surrender in verse 13 we can see that these pagans guys they don't know God but they start to feel sorry for Jonah they didn't want the blood of Jonah to be in their hands And we are told that they tried to push so that they can get to the dry ground, but it was not possible. And Jonah insisted that they should throw him out. We are going to hear more next week about the outcome of that. In verse 14, then we are told, Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So the act of Jonah saying, throw me into the sea, those guys, the guys who were pagans, because of Jonah's acts and accepting not to continue with them, they believed in God. They worshipped the living God. They said, we don't want the blood of this man to be in our hands. Do as it please with you, Lords, but because the Christ follower accepted to read well the situation that the person who is doing this is not, is not my auntie, is not my uncle, I am responsible. it's God who is in charge of what is happening into my life. Jesus is the best and the better Jonah. He did not ask anyone to throw him into the sea. He volunteered himself. And he said, you know what? I will go, not because I'm running away from my father, but because I'm willing to see not only Nineveh to be saved, but I want everyone to come to the knowledge of my father the world. I want them to come to know who my Father is. Jesus chose himself to walk through the difficulties of life. He went on to the cross. That is one of the symbol of the worst wind ever that he had to go through. So that you and I can come to the knowledge of who God is. Can I invite us to stand? There are some of you here, you are far from God. I'd love to say this to you. the innocent blood that those people refused to take in their hands. God did exactly that with Jesus. He said, "I'm going to take this innocent and a blood in my hand. I am going to give my one and only son to die. Not for a small group of people, but I want my son." because he's put up his hands willingly I'm happy to carry the blood the innocent blood of Jesus and he did it so that those of you who have run away from him can come back when you see and understand the love and the kindness of God that he has displayed through the death and the life of Jesus Christ and this morning I want to ask you Will you come back home? Will you stop running from God the Father because he loves you and he has a work to do with you. He's concerned about your plans, your future, and the desires of your heart. And God wants to align your heart to his heart. He wants to align your desires to his desires because his desires are better than your desires. those of you maybe you have been experiencing some difficulties whether is God's loving discipline or maybe just suffering that is nothing to do with your sin maybe it's got nothing to do with God discipline in your life I want you to know that it is in those moments when our real identity get to be displayed before our neighbors, our friends and colleagues at workplace. when they'll see how we will walk through those difficulties, they will accept and worship our God. They will say that we are truly, truly who we say we are. Dear Lord, I thank you, I bless you for our time together this morning. Father, I pray for my brother and my sister those perhaps have been running away from you for years, maybe not physically, maybe not changing of spiritual community, but at a heart level, God, that their desires are not aligned to to that of yours. Lord, I pray for your grace. I pray for your mercy. Lord, I pray for families here this morning, those maybe marriages that one part or one one spouse or the other lord has been wrestling with the question of your love your kindness your mercy your grace lord can i ask that you bless them can I ask that you reveal yourself to them dear lord i pray for those who have been struggling with the issue of identity our high schoolers in this room maybe struggling with the question of whether they really know you, whether they've really come to believe in you, Lord. I pray that you'd help them through your grace and your mess. That they will come, they will encounter the, the real living and loving God to the glory of your name. Thank you, Lord. In your name, Christ, I pray. I pray for those who don't know you. That they will come to say yes to Jesus. That here I am. You know me. You have my number. You have the plan for my life. I surrender to you. Be my Lord and Savior. I pray for those, Lord, that I will say yes to you today. In your name, Christ, I pray. Amen.